Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Chats with Children. It's a glorious sunny day here in Surrey, and I'm delighted to be joined by my good friend, uh, Nicola Reed, who is, and I have to read this, it's quite a long job title, Associate Director of Product Management, Endotoxin Products, Micro microbial solutions easy for me to say at charles river and we're going to be talking about horseshoe crab populations lal or lal and recombinant alternatives so nicola how are you i'm doing very well thank you thanks for having me here today so it's not quite so sunny up here though unfortunately cold and raining as usual in the north is it oh whereabouts in the north are you um in the northwest just between liverpool and manchester all oh, right okay the posh bits then basically in the uh, in the tier three zone before <laughs> <laughs> well i hope everything's okay look last time i saw you actually was roughly around this time last year yeah. uh when we were on the way back from farmer lab uh at Dusseldorf airport you know so it's, it's uh, lots, lots changed since then hasn't it a lot has changed in a year yes absolutely right so that, um now thank you for taking time out because i know you've got a very busy schedule but we're gonna be talking about horseshoe crabs uh, but before we start talking about them them and their importance perhaps for those who are not familiar with charles river you give me a very quick overview of the company and also your role within it yeah absolutely so charles river is actually a much larger company um contract research organization um uh, from early discovery biologics research models etc i work for the division called microbial solutions so we uh, work on solutions for quality control testing in the microbiology laboratories. So we focus on endotoxin testing. We focus on microbial identification, sterility, well, rapid sterility testing, uh, et cetera. So we cover most of the quality control aspects uh, within our division. Right. And your role within that? So I am Associate Director of Product Management. So my responsibility and my team's responsibility is to improve upon the products we currently have, but also look for future products and continuing innovation. And that's one wonderful thing about working at Microbial Solutions is we're continually innovating all the time. So it's very busy and very lucky to uh, have such a crazy job, so to speak, um, because we're always busy um, thinking about what the next thing is um, and what we can create. So that's, what, that's my responsibility. Right, well, that is a nice segue actually because uh, let's talk about not necessarily the next thing, but the thing which is happening right now. Mm -hmm. And how has the current situation around COVID impacted your BU in terms of supporting your customers? Absolutely. So obviously COVID's impacted everybody and the pharmaceutical supply sector continues. Of course, uh, pharmaceuticals are still continuing to be manufactured and produced. Um, I'm sure we'll get on to COVID vaccines as well at some point. That's that's a big thing also. So obviously we supply uh, for my um, my speciality, which is the endotoxin testing. Um, we need to continue our supply to our customers to ensure they can test the final products and get them out the door. And there's ever the need for pharmaceutical products right now. So we've had to uh, be innovative ourselves in the way that we work and change the way that we work so we can continue to manufacture, bring those products to the customer. So we only have essential people on site or our manufacturing sites. Uh, obviously, all the precautions are taken, shift work is done, etc., so that we can maintain that high level and, and make sure we, we can supply. But um, those that aren't directly involved in the manufacturing, we've all gone to remote working, like most people uh, in the globe. Um, I think I speak for everybody when I say it's, it's been um, an experience <laughs> for everybody. 
I'm used to traveling quite a lot, so it's been very different for me. But um, obviously, we've all become used to this and working via Zoom and Teams and, and different things. And the same with our customers, working with our customers via Teams and Zoom as well, and having those discussions and meetings remotely now. Um, and I think that's working really effectively. So anything we can do to support the customer and um, continue to support them remotely, that's what we're working on, right? Well, have been working on and right. to do so. All right. Well, thank you for that. Uh, so let's talk about horseshoe crabs. Uh, why are they important? And why has there been a lot of recent interest in their status of the Atlantic horseshoe crab population in particular? That's a really good question. So they're an extremely important creature. So um, some say they're millions of years old, they're a living fossil, um, and they're just wonderful in the fact that um, for those who aren't aware, I'll keep it basic, uh, for anybody watching, they have a blue blood. It's blue because they have a copper oxygen carrier rather than the iron oxygen carrier that we have in humans. And um, they have a really special blood cell uh, that clots in the presence of endotoxin. And it's their defense mechanism. Basically, when they're in the ocean, if they take a hit off something, then they form a clot in that, in that place and prevent mass coagulation and, and death. So um, this was discovered many years ago um, uh, by uh, a number of scientists, one of them still around and speaks today, uh, Dr. Levin, and um, they, they formed the LAL test from this, Limulus amoebicide glyzate. So Limulus is a species um, of, of the Atlantic horseshoe crab. Um, amoebicide is the blood cell, and we lyse the blood cell to get what we need from that in order to produce the test. So that's what LAL stands for, for those who weren't sure. I didn't know, so I'm glad you told me that. So there you go. So um, once a year, they come out of the water to spawn. So usually they're bottom dwellers in the ocean, but they come out once a year to spawn at high tides. And that's usually between April and July time. Sometimes changes slightly, but that's generally the rule. And when they come out to spawn and lay their eggs, that's when we can hand harvest them and we can take uh, an aliquot of their blood. So we do quite get often, oh, do you bleed them to death? And those kind of things, no. Um, they have a, a valve that allows a sinus valve to take just a, a certain proportion of their blood and then it shuts down. So we can't overbleed them, so to speak. And like a human as well, um, we track them so we don't pick up the same crab twice. But we would know as well, you wouldn't be able to get any further blood. Just like if we went to donate three days later, they would probably struggle from a human perspective also. So we, we do that um, once every year over a number of months. We have a lot of people um, working uh, and, and all the LAL vendors do as well. So they're extremely important to biomedical uh, because every product that goes into your body, whether that be injectable, whether that be an implant, has to be tested for endotoxin. So at some point you or your family, me and my family, injections, vaccinations, et cetera, have to be tested for endotoxin. So that comes from the blood of the horseshoe crab. So they kind of saved almost everybody at some point in their lives, um, these wonderful creatures. So they're extremely important to us, but of course they're a living creature. So there's a lot of concerns about uh, their welfare for, for one, which of course is extremely important. And then also their population status as well. Um, so for the Atlantic horseshoe crab, there are other species in Asia and those species in Asia are, are endangered, um, unfortunately, and, and hopefully um, things can be looked at there to improve that. Uh, the Atlantic horseshoe crab is actually very stable at the moment. And um, 
but there are people who are concerned um, about numbers increasing, declining, you know, uh, the population movements within the horseshoe crab. So uh, it's a big topic because, you know, people are worried, will we run out of horseshoe crabs? Uh, are we looking after them? Are we conserving them in the way that we should be doing? Sure. Um, so that's why it's a hot topic. And obviously with COVID vaccines coming along as well, people want to know, are we going to overuse this resource? So that's why they're so popular just now. Right. Okay. So you talked about the COVID vaccine. Does Will that increase the amount of LAL needed to test vaccines? And that's a really good question. And obviously the assumption is yes. Um, and anybody would think so because we do, you know, you're going to be testing more vaccines. You are going to need more LAL. But people think about the big numbers. So 5 billion vaccines are going to be made. That's, that's just a phenomenal number of vaccines. But we make these, uh, or not me personally, but the pharmaceutical companies make these in large batches. So you have uh, very large batches uh, maybe a hundred thousand, etc., uh, batch sizes. So when you take um, the batch, you only test beginning, middle, and end. Okay, so we're not testing five billion vials of vaccines. Um, I think we the calculation for five billion vials of vaccines was six hundred thousand tests would be needed. And when we mean tests, we mean aliquots of of uh, of the horseshoe crab blood. So. Um, we worked with uh, Associates of Cape Cod and Lonza to calculate how much more manufacturing does that mean for this, this COVID vaccine. And it will be uh, just less than one extra day of manufacturing by all three vendors in order to cover everything that's required for the COVID vaccinations. So yes, we will need a little bit more, um, but it's not as much as, as, as people think it's going to be. It's an additional, uh, additional day. But um, th there are other things out there, and I just want to touch on our cartridge technology. Our cartridge technology reduces the amount of horseshoe crab blood needed by 95%. That's a huge reduction. So if we're saying that we need one extra day's manufacturing to cover the tests of COVID vaccines, that's assuming that they're using vials of LAL, which some customers do use. But if they were using cartridges, that's completely different. It's 95% less than one day's manufacturing. So very little extra would be required if the COVID vaccine is tested right. for cartridges. Right. So it's, it depends on which way the, the manufacturers go, of course, but um, that's, that's a big thing for us. Um, we, we, we're heavily invested in the conservation of the horseshoe crab. In South Carolina, where, we, um, where we're based, our manufacturing is based, we uh, there's a protection order nobody can uh, use them for bait they can only be used by medical um, we have a high level of, of animal uh, handling and welfare that we go through and then on top of that we also are trying to always look at methods that reduce the amount of LAL needed um, so here's number for you actually this one the moment there's about 75 million tests LAL tests done globally every year um, and we have the uh, numbers are out there from the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission of how many crabs are taken to, to, to do that. Um, we calculated if every customer moved to cartridge technology, we would not need to bleed an extra crab, but we could cover 1 billion tests per year without using an sing extra single crab. So we could move from 75 million to 1 billion. That's quite, 
quite significant. So I think the future is that we need to really look at microfluidics and reducing the amount of LAL uh, sure. our ways and possibilities to do that. So, I mean, that's really interesting. And it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, Lonza and ACCI as well in terms of working together. So mm -hmm. in terms of um, the impact on the ecosystem, though, obviously, if you are taking some extra horseshoe crabs out, which you will need to take some, whichever method you use with this cartridge or not, I mean, how will that speed up the impact on the ecosystem in terms of the horseshoe crabs and, you know, than it was prior to the pandemic? Um, it's unlikely it's going to cause uh, an extra impact. So as I discussed, there, there, there's a lot of procedures in place. People just don't go and collect them and do whatever they want with them. Uh, you have to be licensed to be able to handle right. horse crabs. So we have licensed fishes. And this isn't this isn't just us. This is um, ACC and Lonza as well. We all use the same practices. Um, so obviously we'll bring those horseshoe crabs in. Uh, they're very well looked after. They return to sea. Uh, or to the spawning site within 24 hours. We actually are much shorter time frame than that, but it has to be within 24 hours. Um, what's uh, with the extra that's needed? What we really need to look at is is what is the impact on the horseshoe crab as a whole. So recent data that has just been released by the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission is that the mortality rate for biomedical research is approximately 15%. It recently got published that it was 40%, which is very high, um, but it was a mistake in the uh, initial publication from the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission. They just rectified that, it's 15%. And actually Charles Rivers' mortality rate is approximately 3%. So we could take more crabs in and it have very, very limited impact actually on the horseshoe crab population. So it's not that they're coming in and, and being killed, they're still returning and being able to continue to spawn. We're a very healthy population with that as well. So it really should have a huge impact on the ecosystem. Um, but we are always encouraging customers to consider the cartridge technology just because of that huge reduction in need of lysate and therefore huge reduction in the need of the horseshoe crabs. So. Right. Okay. Well, you're actually talking about this subject next week at Pharma Lab, aren't you? Yes, I'm going to touch on what the current data is that's been released from the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission. As I say, um, there's two sides to what happens with the horseshoe crab is biomedical, which is ourselves, of course, and there's baiting. So they're still used for bait. So uh, hundreds of thousands are collected and used for bait and they die. Of course, they're used for bait. There's bycatch from fisheries as well. And of course, um, they're just discarded. So we lose a lot with those two industries. What's wonderful about the report this year is we're seeing, seeing a reduction in use for bait, which is fantastic. We want to see a continued reduction. There is a slight increase for biomedical use. Um, so that has increased by approximately 25% the updated report. Again, before that, um, it was previously reported at, uh, an increase of 40%, I think it was, but now it's, it's 25%. So there has been a slight increase um, in the need to collect horseshoe crabs. Uh, we may see a little bit more of an increase with the COVID vaccine. Uh, but again, the more we can look at microfluidics, the better, because then we can reduce that, uh, that need for the horseshoe crab. Right. Okay. Now here's um, a question for you though. Well, what I should say is that if people want to listen to your presentation, if they're attending Pharma Lab or they haven't registered yet, the link for Pharma Lab will be above this video. So you can click on that 
and you can find out more about Nick's presentation about the conference in general. And in fact, what I'm going to do as an extra bonus, which you didn't know about, is that I did a video with Nicola last year at PharmaLab live when we were still at shows. When we were there at the show. And then Nicola did a great video with me. So I'm actually going to upload that onto YouTube and put the link for that with this video as well. So you can actually see Nicola presenting at last year's Pharma Lab as well. Um, yeah. so and just to add, obviously, next week as well, as well as uh, talking about the horseshoe crabs, we're going to be talking about recombinant technology. Forgot to mention that, sorry, Rizwan. Um, so there's a lot of discussion out there right now on recomb alternative recombinant endotoxin testing technology. And is there a need for that to remove the need for the horseshoe crab? Uh, so just touch on that shortly. So um, as we said, the horseshoe crab is a protected species in many areas. So if we remove the need for them for biomedical use, they'll no longer be protected, so they're more at risk. So we need to keep that protection in place. Um, and is recombinant the correct way to go? Well, I think all of the companies involved are invested in a future of recombinant, somehow microfluidics and recombinant to help um, reduce this pressure on the horseshoe crab. However, currently data suggests that it's... Um, we're not quite sure if it's as good as LAL at the moment. Um, everybody wants it to be, uh, but unfortunately the data shows it's not quite good as, uh, I was due to launch a new recombinant product. So I was really disappointed when I saw the data, we were looking forward to a new launch and we've not been able to do that until we improve upon it. So that's gonna be a, a focus um, of my presentation at PharmaLab and probably a number of other people's presentations because it's the hot topic. Uh, but we really need to consider um, when we're talking about endotoxin testing, it's about um, a product going into a patient and causing a pyrogenic response if there's the presence of endotoxin. So what we really need to look at also is if there's a significant difference between LAL and a recombinant method, is it significant anyway? Would it, it, would it still cause a pyrogenic response in a human? So I think what we have to do is a lot more data, a lot more investigation into recombinant um, to look at these differences in results. How would that impact a human? So I think there is a future of recombinant, but right now is probably too soon. I think we need to gather a lot more data and uh, we are doing a huge amount of R&D work on this and trying to get to the bottom of why it doesn't look quite as good as LAL. Everybody would love to have um, a synthetic alternative. So I do think um, down the line, we certainly will have a synthetic alternative. The LAL will always be there, but a synthetic will also help um, right. the horseshoe crab populations. But I think right now, um, I just want people to be aware that not to worry about the horseshoe crab populations, they look stable. Um, there's no increase in mortality than there has been over, over the number of years. They're well looked after. All three, four companies have really invested in animal welfare and animal protection with the horseshoe crab. So there's no real concern about they're going to disappear within the next couple of years and we have to go to a recombinant immediately. That is not the case. We have plenty of time to continue forward with LAL while we take our time to find the perfect alternative. So that'll be a main part of my discussion next week also. And I'm sure it'll be quite an interesting debate because I know not everyone necessarily agrees with it. So No, no, this is, <laughs> this is absolutely true. Um, of course, you know, people, uh, there are people who have certain vested interests in sure. technology. So um, I'm sure there'll be some healthy debates, hopefully healthy debate next week, because as a scientific community, we need to discuss the results and we need to understand them and talk. Sure. 
them and and try to continue to drive data and understand that data well, I think that's very true and it's very, very important. And hopefully, we'll hopefully get some comments on this video as well that we can encourage that debate as further. Absolutely. So, uh, one final question before we ask you we can get more information is, uh, obviously, Charles River, as you mentioned, are not in isolation when they work in this market in terms of endotoxin testing and LAL uh, solutions. So, uh, what you mentioned, obviously, a couple already in terms of Lonza and ACCI there, um, also by Mario there as well. So, if you're in a toxin, why should they be working with Charles River and what makes you unique as a business to work with? It's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think there's two sides to this. Firstly, we have world-class uh, technical support. We have a real global presence, a true global presence. So we have presence in every country, um, direct um, and via distributors. We have facilities in... I, I can't, I've not got the number at the top of my head now, but in, in numerous places across the globe, sure. they have this global presence. So we're able to offer true technical support 24-7, um, which is, is wonderful. And I know that our customers do need that. Uh, so the customer service and the technical support are outstanding. And we do get that feedback from our customers that that's one of the, one of the reasons that they do stick with us. But the other side, um, and this is one of the reasons I love Charles River, as I mentioned earlier, is the innovation. We're continuously innovating, uh, looking for new ways forward for endotoxin testing. How do we make it faster? How do we make it easier on horseshoe crabs? Um, how do we make it more sensitive? So um, as well as looking at new instrumentation, new software. So we're as a product manager, we're constantly busy and that's great to know that the company are continuously innovating. And I think that's what sets us aside from the other manufacturers currently um, that we're always uh, working towards the next best solution um, and we'll always get the next best solution. Also, um, our scientists are um, world-class, world um, second to none. So I know that even as we taught the recombinant technology, even though it's not perfect now, I know they'll find a way um, and we will have a perfect technology in the future. So that's my answer for that one. <laughs> all right. And if people want to know more about all the topics we talk about, the horseshoe crap, recombinant technology, LAL, and obviously more about Charles River, where can they get more information? They can go to our website, which is criver.com. And you go to, uh, you can find microbial solutions. There's a search bar. It's a big website because it's Charles River. So search bar at the top, you can type in microbial solutions or endotoxin, or you can type in horseshoe crab and it will take you to a micro site that has all the links for the Atlantic States Marine Fisheries Commission, etc., and all the information about the horseshoe crab as well. And then we have, um, previous webinars that we've held about recombinants so all the information is there on our website or they can reach out to me directly more than happy to talk to them brilliant Nicola. i appreciate you taking the time out to speak to me i know you've got a very very busy schedule and your day stretches all the way into uh us time as well so you have a very long time <laughs> appreciate that uh, <laughs> I uh, and i know how it feels like as well don't worry so um all i can say is thank you very much for your time um if you uh want to find out more about what nicholas talked about then if you're at Pharma Lab next week, then obviously make sure you check out her presentations. And if you're not at Pharma Lab, you can check out the links as Nicola mentioned. And I will put the link addresses above the video so you can click on that and look at some more information. Or hopefully, because it is a very interesting subject and I know people have a lot of views on this, uh, if you've got any comments that you agree or disagree, 
then put them in the comments box below and we'd love to see if we can uh, get a debate going on this as well and i'm sure nick will be happy to answer any questions you've got absolutely so, of course so nick all that's left is as always say thank you very much lovely to see you it's been a year since i last saw you properly i know too long it's lovely to see you too thank you so much it's lovely to see you and um to everybody else and to nicola as always until next time stay well and stay safe thanks a lot bye-bye bye-bye